Welcome to... You're listening to The Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. What's the word, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back to another edition of the Wrestling Take of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Turner. And I want to start this off by saying that we're going to do something different. We're going to bring a lot of variables to the table. I am going to be introducing two new projects to the podcast. Um, that I was considering over and over again, and I, I think it could work. Um, and we're going to try both of them on audio, and I want to see what type of reaction that I get um, for these two projects. And if you guys love them, um, you know, let me know. Um, we're going to try one of them today. Um, I will be doing a raw review, so tune in to the raw review tonight. But before Monday Night Raw kicks off, a couple hours before, so I want to take this opportunity to kind of do something new, bring something new to the podcasting scene, um, and something that I've never done. I've always wanted to do this. Um, I'm actually going to be doing um, an old twist on casual conversations but i'm gonna be flipping it and it's actually going to the the title of the new series is going to be called takeover reactions i'm going to be reacting to some videos but today i'm going to be reacting to some interviews um we're going to do an interview with sam roberts of the sam roberts show uh he is interviewing john cena now, if you guys did not see the interview, I suggest you guys do so. Um, it was a good, it was a good listen. Um, but I want to kind of change the game. I know a lot of people do reactions, but they don't be really reacting to interviews. Um, I kind of want to make it a staple for the Wrestling Take with podcast. Um, so I wanted to quickly announce that I will be introducing reactions, and it will be reactions to videos. It will be reactions to interviews. And I'm going to just give you guys my raw, unfiltered, as I always do, opinions in the world of professional wrestling. So that's what you guys can look forward to um, now and in the near future. But I appreciate the continued love and support, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's been a couple of days since I haven't uh, put out a new episode, so I wanted to do something different for y'all. Uh, tune into my Monday Night Raw post-show review results and analysis for tonight. For Monday Night Raw, hopefully it's a good show. I know WWE's been really, I would say up and down as of late, but hopefully they can get things together as we lean towards uh, Money in the Bank. Um, I want to also uh, let you guys know that I did write a new article on DiscussPW.com. If you guys want to support me over there, I'd appreciate it. Um, the article was talking about the women's division and my opinions on that. So if you guys want to go support me over there, and show love, uh, it'd mean a lot. Um, 
Instagram at the wrestling takeover. Uh, we're booming. We're booming over there. I love you guys on Instagram. Thank you for the support. Uh, Twitter at JT takeover. Y'all know what it is. Um, if y'all could support me over there, I'd appreciate it. But man, TikTok. Um, you know, I'm not talking about Karrion Cross. Um, I'm talking about the actual TikTok. Um, you know, uh, social media stuff. Listen, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to keep it 100. I knew I was going to eventually blow up on that, you know, uh, social media, but the love and uh, support that I've been receiving on there has been fucking incredible. It's been fucking incredible. Um, every day I'll post, so stay tuned, stay tapped in for TikTok.com slash The Wrestling Takeover. Uh, we're graining ground heavy on TikTok. Um, I've only been in the game on TikTok, I think for like a month, and uh, we're booming. Over 400 followers, um, over 4,000 um, total views. We're cooking, you know what I mean? We in the game, we killing it right now. And the projects that I have coming up for you guys, especially the ultimate project um, that I'm aiming to debut in the next couple of months, is going to be game changing. It's something that a lot of people have been wanting me to do for a long time. As we get close to it, I will be announcing it. Um, but right now, I just kind of want to give you guys a little tease. Um, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. It's been something that a lot of people have been wanting me to do for a very long time. But I'm finally getting to it. And once I do it, listen, the wrestling takeover, I'm not kidding. I'm taking fucking over the wrestling business, the wrestling community. No one talks like we do over here. No one is honest as we are. You know what I mean? We always got to keep that creative approach. Nobody, nobody is more creative than I am. And that's a fact. Um, if you're a new listener out there, you're finding the podcast I'm honest, I'm unfiltered, I speak my mind, I say what I say, and I mean what I say. I'm going to eventually put that on a shirt, right? Tell me when I'm telling lies, I'm going to eventually put that on a shirt. We're cooking right now, and um, I want to thank you guys for the support, and let's get it popping. We're going to be uh, reviewing an interview regarding Sam Roberts as he was interviewing John Cena, and uh, I will, I'm going to be pausing it a bit you know and i just want to give my opinion on the the um the episode and that's what we're going to be doing from now on so let's get into the sam roberts podcast interviewing john cena and i'm glad that you're there to be a part of it the delayed gratification of it right for you to come from a world where you get not only the action part of it right but going back to the story like there's so many in this movie character moments where you get that pop from the audience, right? Where it's like, when you show up, it's like, oh! Yeah, it's a it's play the rumble entrance. Right. You've you've been a part of that and being a part of that reaction. But when you're filming a movie, you're like, I'm just assuming a year from now, the reaction's going to be there. Have you gotten better at kind of telling stories that way? Uh, yes, because I had to go through the process of like, these things are way different. Yeah. And then realize they're not. It's the same. You 
go to the Royal Rumble and maybe you're number 16 and you have to wait 30 minutes and that 30 minutes feels like a year. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, man, when the music plays, I hope they hope they remember me. Uh, and now it's the same thing. Just the wait is physically a year. It doesn't feel like a year. It is. And it's fun when audiences around the world enjoy. Yeah. It's the same thing. It, it's, I, I, I used to say, like, the nuances are different. You don't, you're not as animated and you're not as big. But only sometimes. Sometimes you can be big and you can be animated. But it's the same thing. We're trying to entertain the world. We're trying to let them in on our story. And hopefully you craft a character that they connect with. Yeah. Like, it's the, it's the same. What was, for you, in the wrestling world, the scariest moment in terms of that, right, where you're going, I hope they remember me? Because you've had a ton of returns. Well, uh, scariest hope they remember me moment is every single time I'm there. And that means when you're there full time. Mm. Like, I hope this is a, an area of the world that appreciates what I do, either in, a, in positive noise or negative noise. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Um, I'm going to be doing this a lot, uh, pausing and stuff. But uh, like I told you guys, I am um, reacting to uh, the podcast. John Cena, to me, in my opinion, um, is going to be somebody that we're going to miss. Um, you might be a John Cena hater. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I respect it. But the fact is, you're going to miss John Cena. I'm going to miss John Cena. And when this man is eventually gone and out of the wrestling business in full, uh, we're going to lead a void, really, in um, the world of professional wrestling with John Cena. The appreciation and admiration that this man has been receiving over the past, I'd say like three years now, has been really great. Um, I think people are starting to really envision and really respecting John Cena and his worth, his work ethic and the ability that he's able to attract. Um, I'm gonna miss John Cena when he's gone. And I know you guys are gonna do the same as well. Let's get right back into uh, the interview. Scariest moment for me was when they were like, hey, we're gonna let you go. Like it's gonna be a few months from now and, and that's that. Because then, then I don't have the chance to be like, oh, I hope they remember me, it's just done. So, you know, the start of my career, the uh, ruthless aggression era that everyone now romanticizes, which we so often do with the past, like, it was great. It sucked for me. I had no direction. I was asked to be a good guy when I'd, I'd got my experience as a bad guy. So I was asked to do something new. I lost my nickname. I had my real name. So what is a John Cena? I don't know what that is. I was too stupid to realize that like I could use the two words ruthless and aggression and create a personality I wish I I wish I could get that opportunity now because mm -hmm. I do a lot more with it but I squandered it and in doing so justifiably so they started me with Kurt Angle and then put me in a few pay-per-views with Chris Jericho I got to I, they gave me an opportunity plenty of opportunity it was my miss and then I'm working you know velocity and on with matches of no story or very little narrative because they just need content. And that's, that's where you go to go on to your next endeavor. And I was told like they make a winner in spring cuts. And I was like, yo, you're going to be in the winter round and just letting you know. And you were told that. Yeah. Straight and then, up. And then the uh, European tour in the fall saved me. <sighs> so that's my, that's my scariest moment to wow. know 
That's crazy, man. I know John Cena has been on previous interviews and uh, documentaries and stated that he was going to be fired. And that European tour that John Cena is going to go over, I believe he did. Um, he was doing the rap battle stuff and he was rapping and Stephanie McMahon was actually on that bus. You feel me? And um, that bus saved John Cena's entire career. I don't know where John Cena would have been if uh, he didn't do that rap battle. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I really enjoyed the rap battle John Cena, the Dr. Thugonomics John Cena. I really loved that character. I thought that character was very original. Um, it was very authentic. It was real. That was him. And uh, I love, you know, that character. That character was very great. Um, yeah, so let's get back into uh, the interview. When I still didn't know my craft, um, there's been so many performers that have been uh, released from WWE and go on to really have wonderful careers elsewhere and maybe eventually come back, or, but that's uh, fine. I, I don't think I would have come back. I don't think I would have done anything else. That's interesting. Wow. So if John Cena got released where he was supposed to get quote unquote released in the winter cuts, he wasn't going to come back to professional wrestling. Uh, like I said, Stephen McMahon definitely saved his career and the rap battle stuff that he was doing saved his career. That is very interesting that John Cena said that puts things a lot into perspective. If you ask me. Been like the end. See you. Bye. I'll try to do something different, man. And is that so do you keep that with you all the time? Because you go into movies, right? And you come from a place where you've achieved in WWE where you're the guy. You know, and the, and people in the locker room know you're the guy. And fans, whether they're cheering or booing, they know you're the guy. You're looked at as somebody who's mastered their craft. And then you go in and you start doing this other thing. Even, you know, Fast X. You don't go into Fast X as the biggest movie star on the set. Yeah. Right? Well, um, I think I think that's perception. Uh, I never wanted to be the biggest star of anything. I just wanted to do. Like, uh hmm. I wear two watches, one for time uh -huh. and one for perspective. What's that say? This is a paraphrased Teddy Roosevelt quote. It says, comparison is the thief of joy. This is my perspective. This tells me what time it is. Mm -hmm. So I don't, wow. I don't look uphill and be like, I want to be that guy. I just look at the field and say, put me on that thing. And I believe that, right? Like a lot of people feign humility. But something that I like about you is that, like, this tripped me out. I don't know. I've been wanting to talk to you about this for a couple years now because I just kind of came to this realization, right, that when you track your career in WWE, you hit that where you're the guy, and then you lose to The Rock at WrestleMania, which a lot of people would not want to do in the position that you were in. You get your victory back in the main event the next year. And the part that tripped me out was it's the last WrestleMania main event that you got. You didn't main event WrestleMania after that. A lot of people hold on to that spot and go. Yeah, that's true, man. That's that's crazy. Um, after the main event with The Rock um, at WrestleMania 29 uh, in 2013, I'm very good at these number things. John Cena did not get a main event slot at WrestleMania ever again. Went to Roman Reigns. 
and went to Roman. And now we see Roman doing his thing, killing the game. Um, I might do a podcast on Roman Reigns in the near future. Um, but just speaking on him, you know, who's after Roman? It's going to be very interesting. We don't really know that answer. People might say, oh, Cody or Seth Rollins, you know, Cody Rhodes or Seth Rollins. We don't know the answer yet. We got to wait and find out. I don't think WWE even knows. They might tell us, quote unquote, that it is Cody Rhodes or it is Seth Rollins. But we don't know yet. We got to wait and be patient and see what happens. But that's interesting that John Cena brought that up. No, 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 no. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm main eventing, I'm main eventing, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. And it's not something that you ever did. Is that just not, did it never occur to you? Not once. That is not how I operate. Well. And I try to instill that mindset in young performers of you can, you can waste your time in jockeying for a position. And you can use your time. I don't want to say it's a waste because it's worked successfully for people. Or you can just get your opportunities and make the best of them. John Cena, if you are a pro wrestler in the business and you need a teacher, listening to John Cena would really put things into perspective. I th- I believe he will be bringing up the Austin Theory stuff, but I just want to make this point. I really hope Austin Theory is listening to John Cena's advice. I believe he is. I know he is a great student of the game. But John Cena really is incredible at teaching. Teaching the business. And I love as a fan... I love watching and listening to these type of things where you have a veteran in the game, a legend in the game, one of the goats in the game, teaching these young kids how to properly cut a promo, you know, looking at the camera angles. I love listening to that type of stuff. Um, So I thought that's great that John Cena does that. I think it's really cool. Hey, we need you to do a Firefly Funhouse match. What's that? I don't know. All right, let's get weird. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. We need you to build a WrestleMania program with The Undertaker. He's never going to be there. And by the way, for the first half of the show, you got to be a fan. No problem. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. Uh, you just talked about a wonderful moment in MetLife Stadium. Yeah. I was on first this year. Yeah. Yeah, you were. That's crazy. Yep. Okay. And, and by like- the way, if you're keeping score, I finished second place. Yeah. Yes, you did. But you came out, right? For the Austin Theory match, you came out for, you had one promo right mm-hmm. before WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Brutality. You come out and you go, you brought up the piped in. All right, here is when he's going to be talking about the Austin Theory stuff. If you did not listen to the podcast, please pay attention to what John Cena has to say regarding Austin Theory. Crowd noise. Yeah. Which is like, when you go out now, do you go out going like, look, I know what this is about, and we're going in the deep end. Like, do you do stuff like that knowingly so that it's like, look, Theory, like, this is a huge moment for you. 
But in order for it to be a huge moment, I need to make this difficult for you. No, uh, no. Austin is great and easy to work with. Mm-hmm. And we wrote that together. He was in every step of the process. And there comes a point where, you know, you need some creative, sometimes people need creative solitude. So they're like, I'm going to go away and write my thing and then come back and run it by you and see if it's okay. And there are some guys who are just like, see you out there. Mm-hmm. I, I can dress for weddings or funerals, man. Just tell me what color suit to wear. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't mind. I respect everyone's process. But I do know from all my experience, if you do not have something they care about, you do not have something. That's it. So my job is to make them care. And this is not a process that I just do with Austin Theory. If you track back, and I've missed a bunch of times too. I've tried to tried to care. I've been too quirky at times, tried to be funny and failed, but I'm trying. I'm always trying to make you care. And that's that's been the way since I was doing raps. Like people would want to hear the lines and then people wouldn't want to hear the lines. And like, yeah, you can do your rap thing. I'm just going to kick the crap out of you in the ring. Fine. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. What matters is me making them connect and believe because if they believe and maybe they laugh, then they feel sad for me when you kick, kick the crap out of me, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I can get away with something like my ethos is persistence because years from now people can be like, yeah, that actually kind of is what he does. He's just, gosh, he just keeps showing up. You know, yeah. like, it, man, he's just here a lot. Like that's. <laughs> I feel like that's your legacy is the thing. It's like, I've been telling you this is me for all these years, and it's just going to take this many years for you to realize. But that's the thing about authenticity. The you, yes. can't, you can't shake hands with someone for the first time and them know your soul. Mm-hmm. It, I'm blessed enough to be able to now, for people to reflect and see, like, man, he is authentically that. He authentically has passion for the company my goal is to authentically leave it better than when I found it. Like that's to my goal is to pass the torch up. I don't ever want to be talked about generations from now. They should be talking about Roman and whoever follows him and whoever follows him because that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. They should be in stadiums instead of arenas every night. Like that's how it should be. That's the, that's the burden that Roman has on his shoulders, you know, like, but that's the way it's supposed to go. But too many people get caught up in the, I'm this, I'm that I'm, I am a pawn on the chessboard. And someone tells me, okay, we're going to move you with this guy. We're going to do this and go. And it's the same with movies. It's not, I don't call the shots. And it's even more restricted in movies because on set, I can call the shots, but I'm not following the director into the edit. At least in live entertainment, if I want to drop a pipe bomb, I can do it. Right. And deal with the consequences afterwards. I got to be accountable. But I got my five minutes to, to throw two middle fingers up to the world. You don't have that in a movie. If you do it every take, they'll just cut on the back of your head. Like, they'll cut around you to get what they want. So why not embrace the process, work with everyone instead of against everyone. Don't think the world is against you because it's not. The wrestling business is a business, and their business is to make money. And if you're of value to them, if you're of value to the movie system, if you don't cost them a tremendous amount of money, if you show up on time, if you're passionate about the work, if you know the context of the story, if you know why we're fighting, they might ask you back. And you don't need to be the last match. I had a hell of a career after the MetLife thing. Like, I don't, you don't need to be last. Nobody remembers that you didn't main event. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I had to think about the, oh, my God, he didn't main event after yeah. that. It's not a thing 
and I think it was what did I do next? Bray. Bray. And then I won the U.S. title. Yeah. I want to pause it for a second. I want to take a couple minutes here. Um, that Austin Theory thing was very insightful to me, in in my opinion. I'm seeing a lot of people in the community bring up very valid points of Austin Theory. Um, he doesn't have a character. He's very bland. He's very boring. Um, and I know I've been talking about, oh, we need characters that are cocky, arrogant, full of themselves. The whole nine, right? But Austin Theory to me, and I'm just going to throw it out there right now. Austin Theory really does not have a character. Um, John Cena made the point that he doesn't feel Austin Theory. He doesn't get Austin Theory. He feels Austin Theory is missing that character development, really, is what he said. I think Austin Theory is very good. I love Austin Theory. I'm a big supporter of Theory. But he is missing that character. Something that we, as an audience, can emotionally gravitate towards and be like, okay, that's good. I am in agreement with that. I love that character. Now I can get emotionally attached to you from a character standpoint instead of just your promo ability and your in-ring ability. Because Austin Theory is very good in the ring. Austin Theory is confident on the microphone. The problem is... The dude just doesn't have a character. That's the bottom line. And then I want to make this point on Roman Reigns. Like I said, guys, I will be doing a podcast on Roman in the near future. But I kind of want to make it as simple as possible with what I'm about to tell you guys. I'm being honest with you. And that's just that's how I operate. Let me start with the bloodline storyline. The bloodline storyline, when it's all said and done, when it's over and done with. Roman is in Hollywood doing his stuff. And we're done with the bloodline storyline. This storyline is going to go down. In my personal opinion. The bloodline storyline is going to go down as the greatest storyline in the last 20 years. Some people are even saying it's the greatest storyline of all time. You're not wrong in that assessment. You're entitled to whatever opinion you want to uh, dish out. But my opinion is, I believe this will be the greatest storyline of the last 20 years. You heard me right. 20 years. Two decades. Look at the storyline where it was at to where it's at currently. Roman Reigns' tribal chief story, uh, a character, will go down, in my personal opinion, as the greatest final boss character of all time. From a character perspective, this is going to be the greatest character or one of the greatest characters. He's on the same level of The Undertaker, in my personal opinion. And then lastly, when it's all said and done, Roman Reigns, I love the way he's being used, man. I really am. He's not on TV on a consistent basis. He's not. He's not on TV every week. But when he's on TV, you feel that aura. You feel that buzz. You feel it. You're lying if you say you don't. He looks like the guy. He acts like the guy. 
the perception on Roman Reigns is crazy. They are trying to book him as the quote-unquote greatest of all time. He is, in my personal opinion, in this generation, he's the Michael Jordan of WWE. Do not at me. That is my opinion, and that's how I internally feel. He's the Michael Jordan of this generation. Who's going to replace him? That's the question. How many people do that, right? Like Steve Austin in his heyday. And I love Steve, but like, hey, Steve, I know you just won in Houston. And you, got the, you, got the, you, know, you got the strap. Uh, what do you think about winning the U.S. title from, yeah. from, a, from a guy we, we might have something out of? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe not. Right. But I just, I was, just get me on the field. I don't care what it is. Just get me out there. Well, let me, something else I've wanted to ask you about forever, when you talk about. And again, that's only my perspective. Sure. Like I say, like, there is no wrong. So I don't think the other way is a waste of time. But I do know that I've gotten 20 years worth of moments with this philosophy. So the True. philosophy that you brought up about having control when you're on the field and being in live entertainment, I think, applies directly to that build of that first rock match and the moment when after weeks and weeks and weeks of just fruity pebbles, this, that, you know, getting <laughs> everybody to be like, he's not cool, I am cool, that one moment happens where you bring up the promo on the forearm. That promo was crazy. The whole world changes in an instant. How did that feel when you were doing it? Did you make the decision in the moment and... Were there ramifications of that? So that's a good question. Uh, and again, that's your perspective. Right. I'd like to think that I gave every chance to speak my best. The thing with our matchup, and I think the thing that some people might not have seen, was it is supposed to be Michael Jordan and LeBron James both in their prime. To do that, in this scenario, you do not have to elevate The Rock. Mm -hmm. he, is an, he is and always will be in his own universe. I don't have to give any more steam to that rocket. Mm -hmm. To make the billing the billing, you need to elevate John. So I was punching from underneath, but still punching. And just looking for whatever. And, and once That's a good way to look at it. It's a perfect way to look at it. Good point by John Cena. Again, Dwayne was doing so many things like he always does. He splits atoms and makes it work. All I was doing was WWE. That's it. And laser focused and realizing this is the opportunity of a lifetime and realizing also that like this isn't uh, uh, this isn't Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali. Right now, this is Mike Tyson, Peter McNeely. And this isn't going to draw money. So it's interesting. It. Here we go. And of course, there are ramifications. And it led to some, some genuine emotions between the two of us. But when it all began to melt away was when we decided the path of the match the day before. And Dwayne could see how easy, I, not only how easy I was to work with, but how adamant I wanted to, like, these are great ideas. Let's do them. Let's do whatever, man. Like, I want to make sure you're comfortable. I can do this. I want to pause real quick before I continue. Um, I want to make this point. I'm not going to be reacting to the entire interview. 
Um, I just gonna wanted to kind of react to some of the some of the clips. So I just want to make that point going forward. I will not be reacting to um, the entire podcast because um, I don't want to be up here too long. Okay, but I just want to make this point um, regarding what John Cena said. Um, people really made it seem like they completely hated each other. Um, that was the case, but they also had a tremendous amount of respect for one another. You had LeBron James and Michael Jordan in the same ring with John Cena and The Rock. WWE is making it seem like Roman Reigns is the Michael Jordan. I have a question. Who's going to be the LeBron James to step up to the Michael Jordan of WWE? That being Roman Reigns. I just wanted to make that point because Michael Jordan was The Rock. LeBron James was John Cena. We flip it now to, you know, 15 years later, 10 years later, and Roman Reigns is the Michael Jordan. Who's going to be the LeBron James for Roman Reigns? Keep that in mind. I don't know what do you think. And then afterwards, not in the performance, not like being too smart or winking at the camera or like, F this guy. No, being fully invested in, in the whole body of work, losing with humility, with embarrassment, and staying there and being degraded and humiliated in front of a stadium to give Rock his moment. The moment. I love that. That was a great point that John Cena made. The way that he just sat there and took it, took the L. That had to be from a John Cena character perspective. Motherfucker, that had to be one of the worst feelings ever. That was awful. If you were a John Cena fan, there were a lot of John Cena fans in that arena in Miami, Florida. You feel me? Those fans had to be humiliated for John Cena. And John Cena was humiliated. That was a sight to behold, man. It really was. Um, I felt like 29 really didn't capture the... I, I would say the feel that WrestleMania 28 captured because, let's face it, they were in Miami, Florida, Rock's hometown, and it was just a different vibe. You feel me? It was just a different vibe. So that was interesting. This began to melt was right after. When the first thing I did was went to apologize to his mom and said, being in the business, I hope now you can understand, I just wanted to sell tickets. And I'm sorry if I made you feel a certain way. That was not my intention. But also, from my perspective, it was kind of mm. like a surprise party where if I told you the gig, I think maybe we would have ruined some stuff. She gave me a great hug and told me thank you. And then the next thing I went is to say the exact same thing to Dwayne. And he couldn't have been more gracious. And I know that the build wasn't easy on him. He, he has the world in, in, in the palm of his hand. And to come back and be kicked in the nuts by some cheap shot kid who's trying to make a name for himself, that sucks. He's trying to give to the business. Like, what is this guy? I get his perspective. What the F is this guy doing? I'm trying to trying to do the business a favor here. But then I explained my perspective to him. And obviously, I couldn't just be like, I'm authentic. I had to prove it out there. Prove my authenticity. And then say like, hey, man, I'm ju I just wanted to pack the place. And I just wanted people to be interested. And I did it the wrong way. We should have collaborated. We should have talked in hindsight. That's interesting. And I should have asked you, what's the best way to make us equals? Instead, I did it myself, and in turn, 
created a, a, a huge space between us, and that was my fault. Wow. Wow. Did you notice the... So John Cena blaming himself for what happened. Wow. it's a good way to look at it. I mean, hearing all the stories and everything, I mean, John Cena was really at fault because he was just upset and angry that The Rock said that he loved pro wrestling. He loved WWE. But you'll be in Hollywood doing the Scorpion King. I mean, I don't blame John Cena from that standpoint, but at the same time, it's like, come on, man. The Rock does love this business. That's why he came back. He came back, and he wrestled two years in a row at WrestleMania. I mean, he won the WWE Championship against CM Punk. That's just it's crazy. Interesting way to go look at it. That's why I love these behind-the-scenes interviews and, and all these stories. You get a different perspective on things. On the monitor before you went out there or in the ring? In the moment, I had someone pointed out to me, oh. and it was 30 seconds before my music played. So I had something planned and just, you know, threw it away. And and that's also what I love about WWE. It, it you have to, fans can see through the BS. You don't believe in your character. It's what I said to Austin Theory. Here we go, dude. You are young. You are athletic. You will work for this company. You'll do interviews. You'll go X, Y, and Z. I don't believe what you do when you're out there. I don't. I said it to him personally before I said it publicly. That's tough. I'm serious. I said yeah, that it's a tough pill in, to swallow. In a room with Austin Theory, I said, the reason I came back to Boston is because you can't do this yourself yet. <laughs> you don't carry a WrestleMania promo yourself yet. And if you It's the truth. It, we waste the equity that I'm willing to give. And if in that match I get hurt, I hold up a production, which puts 300 people out of work. Let's do this right. Let, let's get some equity here. And then you have to start thinking about the angles of, well, what's the most important thing? And what are we really trying to tell? And what's our story? And Okay, I don't, I don't believe what you do. That's what I'm going with. Well, look, I can sit here. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious for the next two weeks talking to you about this stuff. But... We got time. Fast at you think so? Yeah, we got time. What's when's the next thing? Yeah, cool. We got here's, I, here's the other thing that I like about you is that the people that you keep around you, I it's it's people that have been around for a while. Yeah. I can see that 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 generally tells me good things about a person's character. They are simply here just to form tackle me if I'm like not doing it. <laughs> What somebody don't be afraid to wrap me up then I'm not uh, I'm not precious about this but No, that's all right. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jack Link's Doritos and Flamin' Hot and their epic new Let's we'll skip it real quick, y'all. Give you like okay, it's time to make rock. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason I still have that perspective is I wasn't just Here's the great thing. I'm using Brock as an example only because it it fits the narrative. Brock was taken from OBW and pushed into being champion immediately. Yes, because they needed somebody because The Rock was gone and Stone Cold Steve Austin retired. And they needed somebody, like John Cena said, immediately out of the gate. I was given an opportunity at the beginning and then became enhancement talent. And even when I re-identified myself as a hip-hop artist or a rapper, I was an enhancement talent. So I had like a two-year understudy of this is your job hmm. this is the story arn anderson i remember it's just not your night kid the story is for this 
So I have great equity in like my piece is to make this interesting. Brock is one of the most He's such a great storyteller, man. John Cena really is a great storyteller. Um, I said it about The Undertaker. And I'm going to say it about John Cena. I could listen to John Cena talk all day. All day. If he was on Peacock and he did an interview, I would watch him. I would listen to him. Like I'm doing right now. He's really eloquent and, and delicate with his words. Giving performers when it's his time. And he will make anyone look great. But I remember uh, Brock being like, hey, you know, I had dinner with Steve Austin last night and we came up with this idea where I just start suplexing you and don't stop and then beat you. I said, yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, we both collectively agreed that you just beat the streak. We ruin that if we have a 50-50 match. That's true. That is true. If... If Brock Lesnar and John Cena had a classic. I mean, Brock Lesnar just got done beating The Undertaker. He got done beating the GOAT, in my opinion. My GOAT. He just got done beating him at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Defeating the streak. Then you're going to come in a couple months later and you're going to have a classic with John Cena at SummerSlam? No, that's not how we rocking. That's not, that's not a good business creative move there. I love hearing these type of things, man. Something that I didn't even know. I didn't know that Brock Lesnar pitched this to Steve Austin. Then he eventually pitched it to John Cena. That's some great stuff. Not my night, kid. Arn Anderson in the back of my head. I hope he understands the, the influence he had on, on my wisdom of, of this. It's not my night. How do you showcase the enormity of that win? How do we not waste the Undertaker's streak? It's not just Brock winning a match. It's all those matches that he had to lead up to losing. If I go out and have a 50-50 match and he just sneaks over, right. we wasted all that. Yes. But if you take that unbelievable feat with another unbelievable feat, now we have passed the energy. And that is how you make someone. And then that someone can make others. And that's how the business works. You have to be able to work together. People... I'm at this point... Um Brock Lesnar, John Cena, and then it went from Brock Lesnar, John Cena to Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I like that. I like that. That's pretty cool. And then now it's going from Brock Lesnar and, and Roman Reigns to now Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. And then Seth Rollins was eventually in there as well. Keep that in mind. Brock Lesnar is really good at what he does, people. I told everybody this. Brock Lesnar is going to be one of the most underrated uh, most, let's say, underrated and most underappreciated professional wrestlers to ever grace a WWE ring. Oftentimes in life, this is not just business-wise. They're just, we got to see life through our own lens. And we got to, you know, self-preservation is a lot of what we do. But you can, you can survive and thrive by also being generous and being giving and working with others. Well, John Cena, I am so glad that you've uh, th that we've gotten to a place where you are. I feel like finally universally beloved among yeah. wrestling fans. Uh, this is just a moment in the timeline, yeah. homie. This is a moment. <laughs> I I will have you know I can only perform at a certain level now, and I also know that like the sun is setting, and I know that it's going to be time to go. And I also know that my passion runs so deep that I'm going to flirt with that line. Mm -hmm. And there may be a time where it's like, bro, good, just 
go. So I'm, <laughs> this is just this moment in time right now. I'm very grateful for it. It's yeah. very weird to go out there to like, not universal good noise, but like it's, it's different for me to hear. I'm appreciating it and I can take it in much more because like the show doesn't fall on my shoulders anymore. Yeah. That's, which is a stress that very, very few people know about, mm -hmm. but to not have it there, I can actually like, it's why I lost it in Boston. Like I, I'm losing it now. Like I couldn't, um, I just processed the whole thing. And then you look around and you're like, man, I got like, I don't know, three or four more times to see this. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like the energy, the atmosphere, and everybody being like, yeah, this is, this is a good thing, right? That's not my norm. Well, if I could turn that uh, 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 wonderful and authentic display of emotion into a cheap shell, I Fast X it. is also beautiful. Fast <laughs> X is the most beautiful experience you can Look have. It's a that. blast. Uh, I pre All right, y'all. So that's the end of really the interview. Um, let me know what you guys think about this, man. I'll, I, I wanted to do a study on this, see how it goes, uh, give you guys my expertise, my just, just in-depth opinions raw emotion opinions on uh these interviews man um i love listening to interviews like these um garnering a lot of people's attention i'm going to be listening to a lot of these interviews um and uh if you guys have any suggestions on interviews that i should be checking out uh let me know um on twitter at jt takeover let me know on instagram at the wrestling takeover and um i i think this series is going to be fun I think it's going to be a great series to have. Um, if you guys enjoy it, like I said, please press that subscribe button um, wherever you get your podcast. Please rate the podcast five stars. I'm back. Um, and uh, tune into my Monday Night Raw review. Um, that will be coming up soon. So thank you guys for the continued love and support. This has been the Wrestling Takeover. I'm your host, Jordan Turner, and I'll see you guys next time.